What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Brothers Fantasy Football Podcast. It's that podcast with two brothers from the same mother, giving you their fantasy takes, hits, analysis, and everything in between with the NFL sports of the football. It's your boy, Derek, as usual. And, of course, I'm here with the big bro. Y'all know It's that boy, Daryl. Daryl, what's good with you, my man? Oh, man. Feeling feeling good. Just got done with my first redraft draft. It was the infamous slow draft that I mentioned pod before last. We finally got it finished. I got a roster that I'm able to look at and reflect upon every night before bed. Like it just <laughs> it's it's like it's like a teddy bear, but it's on my phone. I love it. Yes, sir. People are getting these drafts in. I have my first one um coming up this Sunday. And then our family friends league uh that we've been having going for shoot almost about 10 years. Uh, we have next Wednesday, and we're actually doing the lottery right after this. So Good times, good times ahead, my man. Yes, sir. Today's pod, we're going to hit you with some tips for drafting and also some tips on your season-long management. And hopefully these tips can steer you to many W's in your league and also a league title. With that being said, we'll go ahead and get into the draft tips. The first tip we'll start off with, we reference a rapper by the name of Pusha T. If you know, you know. Pusha T in this song had a lyric that says, you miss boy, your numbers don't add up on the blow. That was 10 years ago. If you know. If you know. You know. know. Now, obviously, he's talking about some other kind of recreational activity. But here, we're meaning it to mean be aware of your league settings. Know what kind of scoring is it? Is it PPR, half point? Is it standard? Um, are there all are there all kind of different bonuses or types of that, like 40-yard bonuses, 50-yard bonuses? Know the amount of starting positions in your league. Is it two running backs, three running backs? Is it just one running back? Is it two wide receivers, three? How many flexes? It's important to know these items because this will kind of help dictate how you should be drafting. If it's wide receiver heavy, you know, those early on picks, you may want to be scooping up wide receivers. If it happens to be running back heavy, which hopefully you're not in the league like that, you may want to be looking at these running backs early. Daryl, what you think about this tip here? Yeah, it's it's extremely important. It's the it's like it's the first step. You got to know you got to know your league settings. You got to know how does the waiver wire work? You got to know, um, you know, just basic things. Is it an auction or is it a snake draft? Is it third round reversal? There's all these things you need to know because that's how you start crafting your plan to draft in in, in, in the first place. Like um, the, the draft I just finished, it's kind of a crazy setup where, okay, it's half half point PPR for um, for running backs, full PPR for receptions made by wide receivers, and 1.5 PPR Whew, for tight ends. <laughs> so, like, you, you, you need to know these things because basically the way this league is set up, running backs, I don't want to say running backs don't matter, but it's almost like a running backs don't matter kind of, kind of thing. So 
you know, that will dictate your, your, your draft strategy. And a crucial thing to know, like on top, you know, on top of the, you know, it, it, it's, it's all this stuff too. But one thing I do want to mention um, outright is know if your league has an IR spot as well, you know, particularly, particularly this Absolutely. year, right? Because there's a, there's a young quarterback floating out there goes by the name of Kyler Murray, who, you know, for good reason, his draft price is, you know, very suppressed at the moment because he's coming off an ACL tear that he sustained late in the season. But, you know, the speculation is wild about when he's going to come back. If you don't have an IR spot on your roster, well, maybe you don't think about taking him. But if you do, you might say, okay, I'm going to go ahead and draft him towards the end of my draft throw him on IR as soon as the draft is over and go get myself another player. You basically got a free draft pick from, from, from doing that. So just like little edges like that, just from knowing, just from knowing the rules, that's like, that's not even really knowing much about fantasy football itself. That's just working, working the rules. It's like process of elimination when you're taking a standardized test or something. It's, it's not like you knew the material. <laughs> you just knew what was wrong. You know, like it's, it, it's the same kind of thing. So, you know, right. there are certainly edges to be found just from knowing your rules because guaranteed, you know, let's say you're in a 12-person league, at least two people aren't going to be 100% clear on the rules. And so you can go ahead and take advantage of that. Yeah, absolutely. And, again, it's really key to know what kind of league it is because, you know, drafting in a regular PPR league is different than a PPR league that's super flex. Because quarterback's going to be coming flying off that first round in Superflex. Your regular PPR league, not so much. So you don't want to be behind the eight ball, if you will, when it comes to not knowing your league settings. Yeah, that's exactly right. The next tip we have, we reference rapper by the name of Fat Joe. Yesterday's price is not today's price. What do we mean by that? ADPs that maybe you saw from last year to even early this year in March, April, and whatnot, it's going to be different than what's going on exactly in this moment. And even to that point, it's going to be different as it comes across um, different platforms. So what one wide receiver may be on one platform is going to be different than another platform. Just a couple of examples before I turn it over to you, Daryl. Corlin Sutton. On ESPN, they have him as the 98th player overall. Sleeper has him at 114. NFL has him at 127. It's full rounds of difference here where these guys are in ADP. Terry McLaurin, another guy. ESPN has him as low as 63, while Sleeper and NFL have him at 49 and 48, respectively. James Cook, running back darling that's shooting up different boards. He's running or he's overall player 69 on ESPN. Nice. Compared to Sleeper in NFL, Sleeper, he's at 85. NFL, he's at 95. So just be aware of your platform that you're drafting on and the ADPs or rankings that they have on these players because you might be able to get these players at a lower cost, especially if you know the people in your league and how they draft. Yeah, 
Yeah, there, and there's there, there's even more to that, right? Like, yeah, you know, like let's say let's say you're one of the people who you know you were sufficiently impressed by what James Cook did uh, in week two of the preseason. He 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 looked pretty good. He got a lot of work. You know, granted, Damian Harris wasn't there, but we're not here for the takes. Let's just say you are a person who buys into him and like he's he's one of your guys. He he's a my guy, but for you, right? Well, you need to know. On this one platform, I'm going to have to take him in the ninth round. In this other platform, I may have to go to the seventh round to take him. So, you know, I got to I gotta really be prepared. And, like, maybe you say to yourself, okay, I'm prepared to pay that seventh round price on the other platform. That just – that further informs you on how you have to structure your roster prior to that, right? So – Maybe you go a little bit wide receiver heavier than you did than um, than you otherwise would have because you know in the seventh round I'm I'm taking I'm taking James Cook. Now I'm not an advocate for saying I'm definitely leaving this draft with such and such player. You know you need to let the draft come to you. You know as the footballers say, be water and whatnot. You know you need to play the draft the the way it, the way it unfolds, but. If you are, you know, if you are saying to yourself, I'm going to come away with this guy, let that inform how you do the rest of your draft, you know, before that and and after that. Um, and, you know, you gave some good examples. Juju on ESPN, he's coming off 113th overall. On Sleeper, he's 98th overall. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's a, that's a round and a quarter difference. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know. It's important to know it from that price angle, and it's also important to know it. You know, you you the the overarching thing is you know, know your league. Like that is that is behind that is behind every bit of advice we're, we're giving you. Know your league in the sense of if you're in a twelve person league and every single one of those people is just sharp and follows this fantasy stuff year round. Well maybe you can't get these different platform ADP edges. But if you know you're in a league where your league mates don't start looking at fantasy stuff until the second or third week in, in August, if at all, you know, if you know that a certain player comes up earlier on, you know, ESPN, you know, they'll, they'll do their rankings by their, by ADP, right? Let's say, if you know that a certain player is going to be at the top of the queue earlier, you know you're going to have less of a chance getting him because everybody who doesn't really pay attention is going to be staring at that guy in their queue. You know, so you have to you have to kind of adjust for that. You know, you have him priced one way, the rankings on the site that you're on have him priced much higher or much lower. Well, that will inform how you go forward with that. So like it it, it is really important to know the ADPs and also the the rankings that each site kind of has and each site um, puts forward to everybody's draft room because not not everybody is going to – I'm the type I go through and I make my queue or I, I upload my rankings depending on which platform it is and whether or not they allow you to upload rankings or they force you to make a queue. Sleeper, I'm looking at you. Please let us upload rankings. Anyway, <laughs> um, you know, so – yeah, it, it just becomes important to know that because that will inform how how the draft is going to play out. When somebody else gets, when another manager gets stuck on a pick, it's like, oh man, I don't know. 
Oh, well, hell, uh, Juju's up here. You know, if you're on sleeper and it's around pick 96, oh, well, hell, Juju's up here. And why not? I'll, I'll just go ahead and take him, you know, like, so yeah, just, j- just be aware of that stuff because that's just more information that you can use to kind of predict how your draft is going to go. Absolutely. Good points. Good points there. The next tip we have, we refer to DMX, rest in peace, tear it up. But instead of tear, we're going to replace that with the word tear. And this is something you can do the work yourself, or you can just do the bare minimum of using a cheat sheet established by one of these other fantasy websites, if you will. But establish tiers for each of your respective positions. And, you know, over time, you'll probably get better at this. You know, if you're just starting out in fantasy, maybe you just use a cheat sheet and go from there. But as you're playing fantasy, you start to learn and notice things as it comes to what kind of guys you kind of bunch up together or you value together, if you will. So the reason why this is important is because when it comes to your draft, right, you may be in round let's say five or six and you see on your board the next five people are wide receivers in the in the uh, queue or whatever and then after that is two running backs and a quarterback well if you have tiers and whatnot you may look and see oh these five wide receivers are all in the same tier and i've already gone you know wide receiver heavy if you will while these two running backs, they're probably not going to be here at my next pick, and the running backs drop off significantly after this. You might want to go ahead and get that running back then and pass on those wide receivers. Or even if you're not even wide receiver heavy, maybe those five are in the same tier, but the next tier under that, you see three or four other targets that you like. You know, all the more reason to go ahead and look at that running back. So, just be just go ahead and start getting into tiering your players, understanding, um, you know, how their performances relate to each other and how they can be viewed together um, for your picks. Yeah. Yeah. And like I'll, I'll give like a concrete example. Right. And like you can agree or disagree with my take, but like with my takes here. But the, the, the point is like to go through the thought exercise. So these guys I consider more or less the same guy right when I'm drafting um, DK Keenan Allen, Christian Watson, Debo Samuel, Amari Cooper. Now, whether you think those guys are in the same tier or not, that, that's not the point. Like just, just, you know, for the sake of argument, let's believe that I do believe that. Well, you know, if I'm coming, like, like Derek was saying, if I'm coming around, like if my draft position is around a turn or something, or, you know, I see that there's a bunch of other guys kind of bunched around there and I'm going to have a pick, uh, within there, within like the top of that tier going and the bottom of that tier going. Well, if I say that DK is at the top of the tier and Amari is at the bottom, if I severely value DK above him, I'll go ahead and take DK at the top. Otherwise, I'll just be like, you know what? I'm fine with this. Let me go ahead and smash this, uh, smash this QB or, you know, smash this premium tight end, whatever. And you can go ahead and play it that way. And that gets, that kind of gets to another point as well. That's, it's, it's not exactly in this realm, but it's, it's kind of related. And it's being aware of the board, right? Being aware particularly of your position on the board. So like if you're in picks, say, one through three, or you have picks 
10 through 12, you're on the court, you know, and this is assuming a, a regular, regular snake draft, then you're kind of on the corners, right? So the draft is playing out, the draft is playing out. You're at a situation where you're like, okay, I kind of need a quarterback. Let's say you're picking a pick three, right? And it's coming around in one of the even number rounds. So the people at the back pick first, and you're going to be towards the end of it. And so the pick gets to you, and you see that the two guys who are going to pick after you, they both have quarterbacks already. You can probably go ahead and make the gamble that you don't need to take a quarterback right there. You can get a quarterback when it comes back. They make their four picks. It comes back to you, and then you can take your quarterback there. So it's not like you're getting an extra pick or anything, but you're, one, depriving them of something that they may have taken from you, and you also still get what you wanted anyway. So, like, you could you could kind of take advantage in, in, in that situation because if you take the quarterback but you also had your eye on, on, on a receiver, let's say, well, those, are, those two guys who are behind you, they're going to have four bullets to shoot. You, you're going to have to duck four bullets in order for that wide receiver to come back to you as opposed to if you just took the wide receiver, those guys are more than likely not going to take another quarterback and your quarterback will be, uh, still be sitting there waiting on you. So being aware of the board, your place on the board, and also what the people drafting around you are doing and, and have done up to that point can inform you of what they're likely to do so that you can go ahead and base the order of your picks on that. You know, so like that's that that's really kind of a, a, a crucial strategy to to just executing uh, just like a, a smarter, more efficient draft, I think. Agree with you. And that's a really good point as far as like watching the board along with these tiers, because like you said, yeah, if, if, you know, teams near you have a quarterback and it's coming back around to you, you know, you may be able to fade it and then get a, get the quarterback in the next round. Um, because the two guys, you know, right behind you or whatever had a quarterback. So I do like that point. Next point we have, we're going to take it back to the early 2000s and get some help with this with the franchise boys. Lean with it. Rock with it. Shout out to the franchise boys. I wonder what they up to these days. I have no clue. But they had the lyric, the bar, gangsters don't dance. They lean with it. Rock with it. And what do we mean here? We're talking about when in doubt in your tiers and, and whatnot, lean on the better or the higher upside offense. And this is more prevalent, um, not necessarily in your first, you know, two or three picks. Um, it's, it's more prevalent later on. But just a couple, of, <clears throat> excuse me, just a couple examples. Now, these this wide receiver tier um, is kind of early in the draft. And Daryl, you actually already mentioned it, but that tier of, the ones which I've talked about that have new quarterbacks, untested quarterbacks are potentially with a new team with like Calvin Ridley, DJ Moore, Christian Watson, uh, DK Metcalf is in this tier. Um, DeAndre Hopkins, Jerry Judy, Terry McLaurin. To me, these are all guys that are very good fantasy assets, but when you're coming up to your pick, it may be the third, the fourth round, even possibly even the fifth round with some of these guys when it comes to deciding on them, typically I'm leaning on the guys that have the higher upside offense. So like 
in this example, DK and Calvin Ridley are two guys to me that are in offenses that I'm expecting for them to score more points in and them being, you know, a number one wide receiver in that as well. Now I mentioned, of course, these other guys are number ones in that offense too, but I just like the little bit more upside of them being in those offenses. Now that's not saying hey, just draft these two guys in this tier and that's it. It's just something that you can use as a way to separate yourself when you're trying to make those tough picks. Yeah. Yeah. That's, you know, that's, that's a good point because, you know, you could, you, you took the guys you mentioned and then maybe you fold in a DJ Moore, right? Right. There's the, the jury is out on what is going to happen with that bears offense this year. So, you know, you have the fact that DJ Moore should be, he should be a target hog in the Chicago passing game, but it may be a little iffy on what does it mean to be a target hog in the Chicago passing game. Like they were, they were like a, they had a historically low passing rate last year, you know, them and um, the Falcons were like kind of historically low uh, p- passing rates, like in all down and distance situations. So you may find yourself, you know, you may find yourself in a position where you're having to kind of parse between these guys and yeah, leaning on, leaning on the higher upside offense. I think that's a perfectly reasonable way to kind of make that decision. There's also the consideration I think of, well, what did you do with the rest of your offense? Like, what, what did you do maybe with the rest of your receiving room? Let, let's say, right. right? If you have some surefire guys ahead of them, like, let's say, bam, you got, you you, you have Jamar Chase and you have, um, who, who's another surefire? You have Jamar Chase and maybe you were somehow able to get your hands on, I don't know, like Devontae Smith or something like that. You're in a you're you're in like a steadier position, right? Like you you have guys who you know, like it's it's pretty much bankable that outside of injury, these guys are going to see um, a, a fairly dominant target share. Then maybe you've built in some room in your receiving room to gamble a little bit more, right? Like you have right. you have your guys who are gonna who are gonna show up. And then if you take a gamble on like a Christian Watson, a DJ Moore, you like some of these guys who, you know, are have kind of iffier profiles. They could really end up setting your roster off if they if if they take that next step and if they blow up, you could make the league really not fun for everybody else. (laughs) But if they're a little, you know, if the if the water is choppy, you know, if they're like real up and down type type situation well you've already kind of built in you've built in the foundation earlier to be able to absorb those shocks you know as to where like conversely if you had gone with kind of you know if if you've gone with a decent number of kind of if your guys like if you are kind of built on a dj moore and a christian watson kind of thing well then maybe you might want to smooth that out with say a um with like a Tyler Lockett or, or, you know, like maybe a, a, a Terry McLaurin, you know, like guys who were in like maybe a little bit lower tier, but guys who were like steady, you know, like just kind of smoothing 
more or less just trying to smooth your risk out a, a, a little bit. You know, that that could end up being an advisable thing. Now, you know, may, maybe you're a gambler. Maybe you want to push the envelope at all times, like just upside, 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 upside. And hey, that's a way to play it. That that is, I, I can't uh, I can't poo poo that out of hand. It's not how I choose to play though. So um, so yeah, I I like to I like to do like you said and kind of err on the side of you know what should be the more upside offense, while also keeping in mind kind of how am I building my risk profile in my receiver room, in my running back room, um, maybe maybe even in your tight end room. Or, you know, you could look at tight end as an extension of the rest of receiver or of running back and be like, well, okay, um, I feel like I could use a little I, – I could handle some volatility at my tight end position, so I'm going to lean George Kittle versus – you know, I just need kind of a steady, a steady Eddie, steady as she goes. Maybe lean towards a Goddard or a Hawkinson or a Fryerman kind of thing. So, you know, it's keeping keeping in mind the risk profile and just the composition of your roster in general can help guide the next pick and the next pick and the next pick, so that you know you have a team that will consistently put up points, put up good point, a good number of points. And then when you hit spike weeks, you know, it's just like, yeah, we could go ahead and close the book early by the time the uh, the one o'clock games in kind of thing. So, yeah. <laughs> for sure, for sure. And the last tip I have listed here, or we have listed here rather, is from Little John and LMFAO. Shots, 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 shot, shot, shots. Not the alcoholic kind. We're talking about those late rounds. Take shots on guys with ambiguous situations or they have some upside going for them, whether it's just their own pure talent. Maybe it's them showing out in training camp, showing out in, you know, actual preseason games. Um, some of the guys that, you know, I have kind of an eye on late, late round guys are Jaden Reed, uh, Jalen Warren, who's creeping up in the best ball streets. Uh, Roshan Johnson, uh, Michael Wilson, the wide receiver for Arizona, Deontay Hardy, um, looking like he has kind of, uh, well, not a lot, but looking like he's going towards being the third wide receiver in Buffalo, uh, Jake Ferguson as tight end for the Cowboys, and heck, man, any any Kansas City wide receiver not named MVS, like, I think there's a path for one of those guys to have weeks here and there uh just like you know miko hardman showed us last year juju has some weeks um even uh, justin watson has some weeks last year so yeah just take some shots on some guys late yeah yeah i'm i'm, I'm totally with that you know you that the later rounds it's a good chance to so let's say you know your draft is 15 16 rounds long you know generally the guy you draft 15th or 16th, you know, hell, even, you know, you could even go like 13th, 14th, 15th, 16th. Those are going to be some of the first people you cut when the shiny new thing pops up and it's time to, and, and it's time to hit the waiver wire or, you know, one of your guys sustains an injury and it's time to hit the waiver wire. So yeah, like, like Derek said, 
take some shots, take, you know, take, take some big, some big home run swings on some of those guys. That's a good chance to bring rookies onto your team, you know, especially rookies that Absolutely. are getting, um, yeah, a good drumbeat around them. Like, so, so for instance, you know, you could use like your round 14 or 15 pick on KJ Osborne. The man's been in the league for like three years already. You know, he's Justin Jefferson is still there. TJ Hawkinson is still there. You know, Jordan Addison just came to town and is going to push him for that number two wide receiver spot. You could take KJ Osborne, but going around the same time, you could get your hands on Marvin Mims um, from, from, from Denver, who is by all accounts expected to step into that third wide receiver role in Denver since, uh, Tim Patrick and KJ Hamler uh, have have gone down, so you know it's 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 little stuff, is it's little stuff like that, and you know you could look back at it and you could, you know, you could live with the, well, let me not speak for anybody. I can live with the fact that I took a shot on a Marvin Mims, you know, knowing that he came, I mean, knowing that the Saints. Uh, not the Saints, I'm thinking of Sean Payton, knowing that the Broncos, like that was that regime's or Sean Payton's, Sean, the Sean Payton regime, that was their first draft pick. Like, yeah, I, I believe they moved, uh, he had them move up to to get Marvin Mims uh, to do that. You know, I can live with, I took a shot on him and then KJ Osborne just balls out for, for the year. You know, like nobody will have seen that coming. But you take a guy like like Marvin Mims, you know, who who can step into that step into that offense. There's not the best uh, injury history between Courtland Sutton and Jerry Judy, you know, and and the fact that the draft capital is there, you know, it's like little stuff like that, little uh, little edges like that could, you know, you could find yourself a diamond in the rough and really kind of set your team off, and that's basically just found money. If, uh, if if something like that works out, so so yeah, you know, unless there's been some, unless there's some huge ADP faller that you know shouldn't have fallen all the way down to those last to those last rounds, and uh, you know, and, and you could pick up that guy like uh, I don't know if for some reason the Tyler Boyd or whatever falls all the way to the last round. Okay, I could maybe see. And maybe he's he might even be one that you say uh, I don't know, and you go with like a Marvin Mims instead. But yeah, the the point is, you know, if somebody falls by ADP, yeah, okay, pick them up. But like if it's pretty much just this flat tier of guys that you feel like, well, if it doesn't work out, I could throw him back. Take a shot on somebody. That's that, that that's absolutely the way you should play this. Agreed, agreed. And like to that point, like no disrespect to the man and he's he's on my my team now. But like Devin Singletary, like he's the number two back here behind Damian Pierce. There's been word about Damian Pierce being more involved in the passing game. Um, But that's even been something that Devin Singletary, you know, has some success with with Buffalo in. But all that to say, like, yeah, don't don't draft Devin Singletary like take a shot on Elijah Moore instead, who's, you know, ranked a little bit above him, but like, yeah, take a shot on him. Then Devin Singletary, Devin Singletary would probably at best, you know, 
saying no injuries. He's going to be maybe a bye week fill in at most. Whereas Elijah Moore could potentially be a every week flex play for you um, as a wide receiver for Cleveland. So just something like that as an example. Yep. Yep. And there was, there was something that I failed to mention and this, this probably could have been mentioned in every single one of the points that we've had before that, that we've made before, but you know, I know that I know that people get busy and maybe they're not as into this stuff as you and I are. But um, I think, you know, if you really want to be successful in, in in your leagues, I think doing mock drafts, you know, a lot of these platforms, I think pretty much all of them. Um, I'm not sure about Yahoo, but pretty much all the major ones allow you to do mock drafts like it really, really behooves you to to do it because by and large you know if you do a mock draft by yourself by and large the computer generated teams and whatnot they more or less draft off of adp and like every every so often they'll be like um like i get i guess in their algorithms they have somebody do some wild boy behavior and whatnot and and, and you know take uh take like maybe two quarterbacks within the first eight rounds kind of kind of thing. But more or less, those things kind of follow ADP with the occasional curveball. And you'll get to see like what kind of uh, what what kind of squads and what kind of draft strategies that you can implement. And it'll give you a feel for where these where, where these guys are going in drafts, you know. And I think this point is especially relevant for like you know, a league that you're just getting into for the first time, or, you know, you're, it's, it's pretty, um, or, you know, it's the, the, the league is like pr- a pretty young league, like second, third uh, year league, or, you know, it's your first time in this league, or it's your first time playing a particular kind of format or, or, and whatnot. Like it, it, it really helps to get in there and mock just to kind of get your, just to kind of get your feet wet. And, it familiar it familiarizes you with the platform. I know, for instance, um, you know Derek and I are joining a um, are joining an auction league on the sleeper p- platform. This won't be our first auction leagues that that we've been in before, but it will be the first one that we've done on sleeper. And I've done a few mocks, and I, I know Derek has done at least one as well. And like I done, I've done I've done one on ES. I've done several on ESPN and the interface is just like completely different, like literally learning where to look, you know, for what's transpiring in the draft, you know, how to make a bid, how to increment your, your bid, you know, things, things of that nature. Um, Like stuff like that can be important because you can get, you know, once the bullets start flying in the draft, it's very, very easy to get flustered you know, let, let's say you weren't able to find the button to increment your bid because you just sat down to do it. And the player and a player that you would have bid more on goes for less than you would have let him go for. And then the next player is nominated. Well, you're kind of on tilt. And, you know, that could just that could just domino into you just having an awful draft. And before you know it, you're you're just a blood donor in the league. And uh <laughs> And you're out of the running. Well, not not out of the running, but like you're at a severe disadvantage from day one. So you know that that kind of stuff is is, is very is very important. So you know, on top of familiarizing yourself with the rules, familiarize yourself with the platform, 
and familiarize yourself with the draft by doing some mock drafts. Absolutely. Good point. And again, doing mock drafts on your specific platform gets you familiarized with how the rankings and the ADP look there versus your own, what we hope you would have your own kind of tier system or rankings of your own. Let's talk about some season management stuff, bro. Um, Let's start with our first point here with Drake and 21 Savage with a little rich flex. 21. Can you do some for me? Can you hit a little rich flex for me? What we mean here, we're talking about your flex positions, <laughs> whether you have one, two, three, four of them, however many you have. When you're going to set your lineup, set your lineup to where your guys that are playing later are typically in your flex. So let's say you have three flex spots two running back, two wide receivers, right? Let's say you have three running backs that you want to start. You got to get these bad boys in. They are him this week. They they play in the matchup. That's all juicy, all three of them. One plays at 1 o'clock. One plays the 4 o'clock game. The other one plays Sunday night, right? Put those guys that are playing at 1 and the 4 o'clock game or 3 o'clock game, rather. I'm, on, I'm saying East Coast and uh, – Central times. Let's get back on central time. So the guys that are playing at 12 and at three, put them in your running back position and put the later guy in the flex. Reason why you're doing this is because injuries happen. Guys get rolled out. Things happen, right? So instead of potentially having, let's say, that later running back, um, let's say that later running back gets hurt, right? And you had him in your running back position. Now you're limited on what you can replace that guy with. You only can replace him with a running back if if things locked up. Whereas if he's in your flex, maybe you have a couple other guys from that Monday night game, you know, on the waiver wire or on your roster to where you can just swap them out. So doing it that way with your flex gives you more flexibility. See what I did there? Yep. You tied it in a neat little bow. <laughs> Yeah, man. Um, anything to add on that, or just kind of? Well, no. Sense? That's you. You explained that well. It's um, yeah. You you want to take advantage of the fact that the flex is indeed flexible. So, yeah, use it. Use it to your advantage. That's one of those. Um, like I mentioned earlier, that's not knowing. That's you're not. That's not having to know anything about fantasy or having player takes or anything like that. Like that's just taking advantage of the actual structure of the game itself. So. Yeah, make it work to your advantage. For sure, for sure. The next point we have, we go with the queen. We go with Beyonce. Check up on it. But the lyric I'm giving you is actually from another artist on the so- on the song with Slim Thug. Go ahead, girl. Put some back and some neck on it while I stand up in the background and check up on it. <laughs> what we mean by this? In the background, check up on it. We're talking about the waiver wire. Once those waiver requests have been processed, the new hotness has been picked up and whatnot. Maybe somebody has some injuries. They need to pick somebody else off the waiver wire. Maybe we're on bye weeks. We got quarterbacks or tight ends that need to be switched out. Check your waiver wire after it runs to see who – other people dropped in your league. 
And I'll hand it off to you, Daryl. Why would you want to do that? Well, okay. Basically, you're checking for dumbassery from your league mates. You know, and like I've had this situation several times, you know. It's um it's Tuesday night. I'm putting in my waiver bids and all this stuff, and I'm like, okay, bet. This looks really good. Bam, go to sleep, wake up the next morning. After the waivers have run, um, th- this is on the ESPN format, you know, in sleep where they run like in the afternoon or the next day. But on ESPN, like basically you wake up to to the waiver wire having run and um, you can see, did you get your guys? And it's like, oh, man, my guys didn't come through. Like none of my bids worked. And then you go and check and see who the guys dropped to get the guys that you were bidding on. And you could end up having wanted those guys more than the guys you were putting <laughs> bids on. Right, 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 and it's like you know, it's and I turn around at the Million Man March. I see the same girl at the Million Man March. It <laughs> was a Snoop Dogg video. Stupid. It can be like that, you know. You can because here's the thing, right? Like in the same way, like when you're going through your draft, right, and you have a different valuation of a player from from your league mate. Like I'm willing to take Christian Watson in the third while like my league mate is like, I'm not touching him before the fifth round. In the same way that can happen in the draft, that continues to happen throughout the season with the waiver wire. You know, like guys get guys get dropped because well this guy put up, you know, he put up a bunch of zeros or didn't, you know, this running back put up a bunch of zeros and didn't perform. But then you go and look at his schedule, and it's like, well, you know, for three weeks he played the 85 Bears, the Ray Lewis, uh, the, the, the Ray Lewis Ravens, <laughs> and the Lawrence Taylor Giants. Well, of course he didn't put up points. But now he's about to – but for the next couple weeks, he's he's about to be Derrick Henry against the Texans. Well, go, go and get him. You know, you oh, can take man. advantage of others – short-sightedness or, or, you know, just, you know, just disagreements and player value, you know? So, um, so yeah, that's why, that's why you go and check that waiver wire as soon as waivers run. And really, excuse me, I would say, I would say check them every, every day, Um, particularly like, okay. So on sleeper in particular, like whenever waivers run or whenever, there's any kind of transaction in the league, I get a notification. I don't know if you could turn that off or not. I'm not going to turn it off because I, I like having knowledge of that. So like with, with Sleeper, I think by default, you pretty much, you know, it gets kind of foisted up, upon you. Um, so like that checking up, it kind of comes to your door. But I know like in ESPN, it's not, it's not, it's not like that, um, at least not by default. Um, so, you know, you have to go back and check like, you know, pretty much every day or every so often, it's uh, it could behoove you to do that. You know, on the leagues where you're not just getting the notification, so just go and check like on an on a once daily basis. You know, make it the thing you do at six thirty or something like while you're cooking and whatnot. Um, you know, just go and see what happened on the waiver wire because you could definitely, definitely, definitely find some league winning or week winning goals um, in them that are heels. Yeah, especially after those first couple of weeks, because, again, 
it's always some new hotness that's going to be picked up off the waiver wire because, you know, maybe we didn't draft this guy or maybe a guy just exploded for a big, huge performance. And so you very well may see some guys that you had interested in taking late shots on, but maybe they were taken by somebody else. And now you have the ability to, you know, take a shot on that guy uh, potentially. So, yeah, always be checking those waiver wires. Next tip we have, go ahead and get into it with us, Daryl. Yeah, so I can't um, – I want to keep on theme, and I can't I can't think of a song. It might have been a Millie where he said it, um, but Lil Wayne goes, it ain't tricking if you got it. Um, and so what that's in reference to is, you know, my piece of advice here is don't be shy with your fab. You know, if, if your league works on a fab system, like that's the, the free agent bidding dollars um, that that you uh, that you get allocated at the beginning of the year, like most leagues that do it, you know, you start off with say like a hundred dollars to spend on waivers on waiver pickups uh, throughout the season. You know, after you know, this is something to keep in mind. You know, after after week one, there's going to be a lot of turmoil on the waiver wire. Like it it's it's a rite of passage in fantasy. Some guys who weren't drafted are going to pop off, and they're going to be the new hotness on the waiver wire and let's say it is somebody who's actually good somebody who you actually deem worthy of your fab you can't play it safe you know i mean okay you can't play it too safe when it's time to go and do that you know especially in these first kind of early weeks in the season because that's kind of those are when like you know the free agents are, how can I put this? Are kind of at their most valuable in the sense that, you know, I'm not going to put a name to it, but let's say a very good running back sustains a serious injury and there is a clear-cut backup, like a mm-hmm. clear-cut, no doubt about it, backup who is on the waiver wire. You're going to need to, you're going to need to pony up to get that player and it was going to be worth it to get that player because you were at the furthest, you will have that player on your roster for the longest amount of time you could possibly have that player. It's basically like a draft pick, you know, as opposed to, you know, if you get a, if you get a guy, you know, after, you know, week 13 or so, well, that guy's only going to be on your roster for four weeks which is fine given the right situations and whatnot. So yeah, you do want to have some back. You do want to be able to, to, to spend some money later on, but being able to get say a clear cut backup to go from week two to week 17, that's a whole lot more valuable. And that, you know, so for that reason, you should be willing to get in there with your fat because the waiver wire is just one way. It's just one way to improve your roster. And like that bidding on the waiver wire, that's just one way to improve your roster. You know, after waivers run, you could go and pill for the roster and just keep churning the bottom of your roster. You can make trades. You know, there, there's still a couple of other avenues. So just because you spend a bunch of fab doesn't mean, oh, well, I guess I can't do anything to improve my roster. No, there's other ways to 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 go about it. So don't be afraid to go ahead and like shoot your shot when it comes to spending your fab to get players, especially early 
in the season, especially if it's like clear cut situations where you know you're going to be able to ride whatever guy or guys you pick up for the rest of the season. Like you can't you, you can't be shy about that because if you don't get them, somebody else will. And 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 it'll be a situation where they're getting all that value and they picked up not necessarily free lunch, but you know, <laughs> moderately priced lunch for the rest of the season. So, you know, don't be afraid to use that fab when the time comes. And we'll be we'll be back to remind y'all about that. But like it's just something to to have in mind now. You know, we're we're trying to remind you of all the of all the weapons that you have at your disposal entering a season. Absolutely. And good good tip on that regarding the fab, especially those leagues that um are using fab. Um definitely, definitely, definitely do not be shy about using that when you have those situations where there's an injury to a guy and we have a clear cut backup and you know you're gonna get him for multiple weeks, like use it. It's there for yeah. that. <laughs> and if your league isn't using fab try to bring it up and get your commissioner to change it to that because it really is the fairest way. And, and it adds a layer, another layer of strategy to your league that makes it more fun. Like you wake up that next morning or like whenever your waivers run and you see, you didn't get a player. You're like, damn, I bid $61 (laughs) for this person. And you go and you look, you see, Oh, this fool bid 62 on him because he knew you were going to bid 61 and not 60. All the little games you can play, it just adds a layer of strategy and another layer of fun to uh, to to the leagues in general. And to that point, did you have any more kind of season management tips right now? At the moment, um, no, not not really. I'm sure, you know as okay. as we get deeper into this thing, um, I know stuff will come back to me. But that's that's all I got for now. Well, the last tip I'll have, I'll just reference the cheesiest of cheesiest songs with Pharrell, Happy. Be happy, man. Have fun with your league, man. Like, if you know your league mates and you know them well, y'all know each other, like, talk some mess, man. Like, how we were here on the pod last week um, on the draft, We, you know, me, uh, Daryl, Eugene, talking a little mess here and there, like, we know each other. Have a little fun, man. That's that's what fantasy is really about. It just enhances the football experience with watching the games. And, you know, now we have some money on the line in it, a little share in it. And we get to talk a little shit and have fun. So, yeah, be happy, man. Have fun with it. Yeah, this game is supposed to be fun, man. It is supposed to be fun. And you could, it's real easy to get – too serious and to get lost in the sauce on this whole thing. But, you know, hopefully you're of sound enough mind to know to check yourself and just remember that this is meant to be fun. It's a way to, it's a way to rub your boy's nose and losses and whatnot. And, um, and yeah, so like, yeah, keep it fun and don't go tagging players when they have disappointing weeks or whatever. (laughs) Keep it fun. Absolutely. And to that point, one other thing, the fantasy season now with the extra week of football is now 14 weeks of regular season play play through all 14 weeks. I don't care if you have five wins, one win, no wins, set your lineup, do your waivers, make trades. If you can play it through, man, compete. You can't, always. Yeah. 
always compete. You ain't going to win it every single season, but they can compete. It's still yeah. room to talk your shit because you can maybe ruin somebody from making the playoffs. <laughs> you know, so yes, yes, there's that. With it. Yeah, there's that angle. And then, you know, hey, it wasn't your year. We'll spin it forward to next year when you learn from your mistakes and all that stuff and you riding high and you need maybe you're in a position where you need somebody else to lose in order to help you make the playoffs or in order to help you get that buy or whatever. And imagine that the team that you need to lose is playing against somebody who just kind of gave up on the season and is only kind of half-assed setting their lineups. You know, you don't want that karma to come back on you. You want everybody, <laughs> you want everybody competing so you can get that L put on somebody, you, you know, you want your homie to hold you down and put that L on your other homie so that you can ride even higher. So, so yeah, you know, do it, do it for the, do it for the quality and the, um, and the sacredness. Is that a word? Uh, and the sacredness of the league. <laughs> Absolutely, man. Um, I can say, like, I've had just great memories, like, playing fantasy football, things that have happened, um, especially in our family league and one of my other home leagues. Like, it's just been good memories that have always been referenced as just, you know, shit-talking moments or, you know, winning leagues and stuff. So, yeah, have fun with it. Before we get out of here, though, Daryl, I got to hit you with this. Week two – Week two of the preseason is in the books. Give me mm -hmm. one takeaway or one thing that interests you, either real football-wise or fantasy-wise. What you like um, seeing, what you dislike, whatever it is. Okay. Well, this kind of hits both of those, like real football and fantasy-wise. I think that there's a lot – I think there's going to be a lot to like out of the Green Bay Packers. Ooh, I okay okay. I think you know. I think there's going to be a lot to like. Like, come you know, maybe maybe it won't maybe it won't start off that way. Maybe it'll take them a couple weeks to get going. But I you know, I I see some good stuff coming out of there. Like I think Jaden Reed is going to be a great late round draft pick slash waiver wire pickup. I feel good things are in the offing for Christian Watson. I think that Romeo Dobbs is going to be able to give you the the uh, the on and off um, um, flex weeks. I really like what I'm seeing from Luke Musgrave. Just um, you know, like he's he, he's been targeted a bunch in preseason. Number one and number two, he hasn't been coming off the field. And yeah. you know, the thing um, the you know, I've, I've said this, this will probably be the third or fourth time I've said this, but the thing about, and, you know, I, I got this, I get this from, I uh, got to give credit where, where it's due to the GOAT, Dwayne McFarland. The thing with rookie tight ends not panning out for fantasy essentially comes down to the fact that they don't get on the field. They don't get significant playing time. Luke Musgrave has taken 100% of the snaps with Jordan Love mm. so far this year. They've been – and before the preseason game started, when it was just training camp, it was the same thing. They were talking him up. 
you go and look at his um, at his workout metrics and whatnot on Player Profiler. His he's got elite athleticism for a tight end. Like he's just checking all the boxes. I think he's going to be. Um, I, I I think he's going to be great. Um, or you know, I think he's going to be. I think he's going to outperform where his ADP like was as of two weeks ago. Uh, I'm not sure like where it currently is. The last few drafts I've done on Underdog, he's been moving up, but. Um, you know, from at least from what I know for certain from a, from a few weeks ago, where you were basically able to get him for free, like 17th, 18th round, he's certainly going to beat that, you know, um, barring injury. Um, I feel good. I definitely feel good about if, if Jordan Love is my second quarterback in, um, in Superflex, I feel good about that. I don't think I'm not going to go so far as to say I feel good with him as my, you know, start one quarterback league uh, teams. Like I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that. Um, Aaron Jones, AJ Dillon, I think they'll both be fine. So long as you get them at the right price, you know, I don't, um, you know, Aaron Jones, like fifth round or later, uh, AJ Dillon, uh, like eighth, ninth round or later (laughs) kind of thing. You know, I I think there's going to be a lot of fantasy goodness on on this team and you know i think they have a damn good chance to to win that division i know the lions are the darlings of of this division right now but i think the packers have have a real good have a real good chance to top them i mean honestly i think the the offensive weapon wise i think the packers are better i i i i, I think they're better if, I, if I I'm keeping you. it a buck, so um, anyway, yeah, that's that, that's right. been my takeaway so far. I really like what I'm seeing, both real football and fantasy wise, from the Packers. Where you? I at? said one note. This man broke down the whole Green Bay offense for us. I love it, man. The Green I Bay, the Green Bay offense was the note. <laughs> the note had subheadings and and all that kind of stuff, you know. Nah, uh, I, feel but, you. But yeah. I feel you. I feel you. Um, Mine is just more so uh, Darren Waller. It's, it's kind of playing out to what I was expecting with him. Um, I mean, obviously, I expected him to be the starter, but, you know, they were looking his way in that preseason game against the Panthers. He saw four targets. Um, and even though, you know, he didn't get the touchdown, uh, Daniel Bellinger got it. It was kind of a play set where uh, Waller was in motion, and then he ends up, like, kind of releasing into a block, and he probably would have released into – um, a route maybe to the to the goal post or to the corner, if you will. But Bellinger was open underneath and then, you know, just walked the two yards in. So I'm liking that usage of Waller. I think, um, well, we've seen an escalation, well, not an escalation, but we've seen him gone up on um, underdog ADP, or at least I have, like, a couple drafts I've done recently. He was going in the fifth round, and it's like, ooh, okay. This man was in the seventh round, like, a month or two ago, but you know, here here we are, two drafts. He's going in the fifth, but yeah, Darren Waller's my note um, for can what I, I saw preseason. Yeah, go ahead. Can I have a keep it a buck moment? Yeah, go ahead. If Darren Waller stays healthy, which is a big if, it's mm-hmm. a huge if. Sure, he's the tight end three this year. 
Okay, Kelsey, Kelsey Andrews, and then him. Andrews, Dan Waller. I think he. Oh, yeah. I, yeah. I think he beats out. I think he beats out Hawkinson because mm-hmm. you know I you know Hawkinson will get pretty good volume, but Hawkinson just got um, added target pressure from um, from Jordan Addison coming on the team, and he plays alongside you know arguably the best wide receiver in the NFL. Darren Waller don't have that. And, you know, teams yeah, can maybe start focusing it on him and and, and and whatnot. But, you know, Darren Waller is more athletic than most safeties and linebackers in the league. And he's got and he's got Dayball pulling the strings behind the uh, behind the scenes. I if you tell me that you're going to draft him as tight end three this year, the only pushback you get from me is, you know, injury history. In injury proneness, like whatever, but like outside of that, yeah. he's got he's got as clear a path as anybody you want to list. You want to list um, between Hawkinson, Kelsey, Goddard, Kittle, um, Kyle Pitts. You know, I've yeah, I'm I'm right there with you on him. Well, may, maybe I'm out a little further than you on on him, but but yeah, he he definitely that was definitely a revelation that little bit of playing time that. Uh, that he got the other day. Yeah, and I, I hadn't said anything as far as I thought ranking-wise of him. But, yeah, absolutely him as tight end three on the year. Like, I don't think that's that's not out the realm at all because, like you mentioned with Hawkinson, um, George Kittle's situation with, you know, the immense talent on that team, um, I could see him passing both of those guys up. And then we know the ambiguity um, of Kyle Pitts there so yeah it's, it's not out the realm at all um and to your point about you know them doubling or putting coverage on waller that could be a thing that could happen for sure but you know daniel jones has some success with darius slade and isaiah hodgins um towards the end of the season so though those guys aren't just name poppers like that that just make you go ooh, they're good enough to take advantage of mismatches mismatches and yep. uh coverage yep. breakdowns to where I don't think you can just fully come in on a on a matchup and just build up against Waller and automatically, you know, you're getting the dub. So, yeah, they got guys that'll make you pay if you uh, if you don't pay enough attention to them. Now, Jalen Hyatt, like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right, well, draft tips and some season management tips in the books for the good people. I guess before we head out of here, Daryl, you have. Anything else for the good people? I mean, just wishing everybody good luck with their drafts. Be patient. Go with the flow. Don't press too hard and don't tilt. If one thing goes wrong, don't let it spiral out of control into something else. Just, you know, limit the mistake to that one thing and, you know, and, and fix it on the back end. You know, you could... You can trade and waiver wire your way out of one mistake, but if you go and blow like three rounds in a row because you know if you blow rounds four, five, and six because you messed up in round three because you're tilting, well, you know you're not doing anybody a favor. So yeah, take it easy in your drafts. Well said, my brother. Well, if you want to reach out to us, we are on the Twitter streets RX. Um, we're getting into sending tweets or X's, however the cool kids are calling it. You can find us at the Brothers FF. That's D A Brothers FF. 
I'm Derek. My brother, Daryl. We out of here. Take it easy, guys. Peace.